when people come in, we're not telling them what they need. We're saying, what are your strengths? What are your assets? What are your gifts? Where would you like to go? Where do you want to get to? And it's amazing when you start asking people those questions because they have strengths. They have assets. They, they're 99% of the people coming into the rescue mission aren't coming in because they woke up one day and said, hey, this looks like a great place to stay. All right. I mean, let's just go try the mission out for a while. They're not just coming in for crisis relief. They want more. Well, welcome, friends, to our PRM podcast. We're kicking off a series called Poverty to Progress. We're going to do a deep dive into ways everyone can help support the homeless in our communities, how lasting life change occurs, and ways that we can support everyone who is on a journey away from poverty to progress. So welcome, friends, to our PRM podcast. With me today is John Rokey and Brian Butler, and I'm Dan Wolf, the Development Director. Hey, Dan. Good morning, John. Hey, How Brian. Are you? Hey, Dan. Hey, John. Hi, Brian. Hi. All right. Well, we'll be talking today about helping people to move from poverty to progress in their own lives. Mm-hmm. We probably all know the feeling of driving up to a stoplight on a street corner and seeing someone, just someone asking for money. And I don't know about you guys, friends, but for me, you know, it's a really hard thing to know what the best thing to do is to help this individual out. Should we give them money? To enable them, maybe that just enables them to continue making more and more bad decisions. I don't know. What about, should we give them food? Does, but does that encourage them to stay on the street corner and then to not maybe even be looking for a job? So it is really, really complicated. And these are just a few of the questions I'm sure that each of us are pondering and thinking about in our own lives as we encounter the people on the street corners. So Brian, I'm curious. Man, when, when, when we see these people on the street corners, I, I'm curious, are most of them homeless? And one of the other questions is, should we give them money and should we give them food? If you go to your larger cities across the country, most of those folks are homeless. They're living under bridge abutments. They're mm-hmm. living out, out in parks. They're living uh, on the street. Uh, I would say here in Peoria, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say the majority of the folks are not homeless, but a lot of those folks out on the street are, do have housing. Uh, they just don't have sufficient income uh, in their housing to earn money for whatever reason. Uh, they've been housed without income. So you have that uh, portion of the population. And you do have some homeless folks. You've got uh, folks that have mental health issues, mm-hmm. uh, addiction issues, substance abuse issues, you name it. Uh, so I'd say here in Peoria, we're probably looking at 40 to 50% maybe uh, of the folks that you see out on the street are homeless. As far as giving them money, I mean... If you give somebody on the street five bucks, that's just saying stay homeless. Here's five dollars, yeah. stay homeless. It's going to make you feel good yeah. to give them that money. But that's really, in my opinion, is is not what they need, is not money. As far as food goes, I mean, I wouldn't drop off food or anything in the corners because you're going to put yourself in danger. But if you want to give somebody a McDonald's gift card, something like right. that, a, 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 something that they can get a hot meal, that's fine. The, the biggest thing that we can give them is hope and information on where to get help. Uh, through like Peoria Rescue Ministries, the Dream Center Peoria, Center for Prevention of Abuse, uh, if you have time to speak to them. But I would not give money or bags of food or anything like that by any means. Yeah, I think, you know, what's getting interesting for me, personally even, is that um, if you take a particular route, (laughs) um, it's so prevalent Mm -hmm. that pretty soon you can kind of get immune to it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And, and, I, I struggle with that personally because 
I don't want them to be invisible. Right. I don't want them to not be seen or recognized. And so I sometimes I, I, I'm I'm not stopping because I'm on a mission and I'm and 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 some of the corners are hot corners mm-hmm. where you really shouldn't be anyway. But I I always just say if you can acknowledge them. Even if you roll down your window, say hi, tell them your name, ask them mm-hmm. theirs. Um, but just acknowledge as much as you can safely. Um, that's another issue, I think, for women and, and those kind of things. And let's face it, there's there's some areas where they're getting pretty aggressive mm-hmm. uh, in parking lots. Um, as some of the shopping centers, they're coming up and knocking hard. So you got to feel really comfortable and safe. That's the most important thing for anybody, I would say, first and foremost. But then secondly, if you can, uh, engage them with an acknowledgement, just a, a yeah. hello, and, and, and at least make them feel like a person. Right, like a human being. Right. Yeah, and to understand that those folks, stay, just imagine <laughs> what they must have been through to become comfortable right. holding a sign at a street corner. Yeah. And, right, and, or, and, and they're, they're probably not comfortable. No, and to follow that up, you, yes, if you're wondering, and maybe you don't, or you know this, is that state laws allow this, mm-hmm. the city, they can't really do anything about it. They really can't stop this from going on. But like Brian said, regardless of, of some folks promoting it as a, it's a, a, a legitimate form of raising money, who would want to do that right. to have to actually be standing there begging, asking for money. Which kind of brings me to my next question. And I think it really ties in beautifully with what you guys are talking about. You're talking about being seen and heard, John. I I love that. And it's beautiful. But we're also talking about brokenness or poverty within Mm -hmm. them. So so let's talk a little bit about what what that brokenness, that poverty, that, that, that reaching so low that you're desperate enough or you've, 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 You've resi- resolved yourself enough to even want to start asking people for money that way. So, right. so how do we? How can we best help them in that? Well, I, I think it's that message, right, of that they they have worth mm. and valuable that they're valuable people that they're important in in our sight that that there is a way out that we we believe that way out is 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 this pathway out of poverty through jesus mm-hmm. uh we absolutely believe in, in rebuilding those four fundamental relationships but when you think about poor people and not just you know materially poor people right. look at the way they talk about themselves mm. right i mean look at those the, the signs homeless yeah, the sign, right need food uh, they, mm. they talk in terms of shame and inferiority, powerlessness, humiliation. Mm. So we, and it's not just the power of words, but when we acknowledge those people and and help them to see that there is a pathway out of this poverty through Christ, I think that's one of the most important things we can do uh, to those people. And yeah. like John said earlier, acknowledge that they're human beings. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I would say this. we Brian, you mentioned it, but I would encourage people not to give money. No. Um it, it it is not in the long term helpful, and but there's a reason why those guys are at the corner mm-hmm. regularly. It's working, mm-hmm. right? To some degree, I mean, right. it, 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 as we've always say, it's not a place where you go get wealthy and those kind. Of, you know, don't think of it in those kind of terms. But but I think the most important thing we can do is say, hey, you know, how can we help you get long 
term real help. Mm-hmm. Real, you know, not just help for today or help for a meal, but real help. Yeah, I was, uh, it's funny, I was, when the bridge was open, uh, just a few weeks prior to the bridge closing there, uh, uh, down by the City Link bus station, I'm coming over the bridge, and I stop, and a guy's saying he's hungry, needs food. I'm, I roll down my window, I say, hey, dude, just come on over here to the rescue mission, and, and we'll take care of your need. You know, if yep. you're hungry, we'll give you something to eat. And he literally looked at me and said, I ain't going over there, Brian Butler barred me. And I didn't even know the man. I, I'd Loved never it. met him before, but he'd heard through the grapevine that Brian Butler barred me. So for whatever reason, he didn't. He was choosing not to come over there and get. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of told me he's not really hungry. Might be a right. little bit. Uh, there, there's some other reason why he's standing here. That's awesome, though, that you are famous yes. <laughs> in town for barring people that you never even I met. Never Isn't that amazing? Met. Good yeah. for you, Brian. That's yeah. awesome. So much for the soft and tender Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. It just doesn't show up all the time. Right. Uh, so great point, Brian. So what are some of the ways that rescue missions across the country and also in Peoria are, are, are actually trying to provide help and to care uh, for the individuals that are, that are doing the street street corner ministry or street corner work, so to speak. Yeah. So how do we help them? Well, I, I think, first of all, it, it goes back to what Brian alluded to. We understand poverty differently than a lot of people yeah. realize it or think about it. I think most people think about it, and we talk about this, and, and if you're new to the podcast, maybe this will be new. If you're not, you, you've probably heard us say this many times, but it's so true is that poverty is so much more than a lack of material things. So it's not just a house that somebody needs. It's not even just food that somebody needs. Yes, those things are things we need. Yeah, food, they matter, clothing, right? right. Mm-hmm. They matter. But it's not just that. Poverty, we believe, is brokenness in the four fundamental relationships of life. Our relationship with God, first and foremost. Then our relationship with ourself. Um, again, as Brian mentioned, we when we're poverty is, is feeling less than God intended us to feel about ourselves. Um, secondly, or thirdly, it's the brokenness in our relationships with others. Um, there's conflict, there's broken relationships, there's severed ties of family and friends and community. And God wants it to be rebuilt and with community. And so the brokenness in with with others. And then finally, the brokenness with the rest of creation, which is our work or our uh, how we are engaging with creation and how we are caring for ourselves and providing for ourselves and others. And so those areas of brokenness, don't always manifest themselves in terms of the poverty we think of. They actually manifest themselves in terms of arrogance and pride and all sorts of things. So Are wait gonna... a minute. So yeah, so hang on. So this is curious. I'm curious about this. So you say poverty isn't isn't just isn't just about materialism, but yet when we think about poverty, friends, that really is the first thing we think about. It's lack of a home. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Right? So that's, that's especially in America where we live, that's really the main way that we, that we view poverty. So if that's not true, that that's what the real definition of poverty is, then how are we ever going to get it right? Well, I, I, it goes back to, you know, what Brian Fickert in his book, When Helping Hurts, if you diagnose the problem wrong, then you're going to have the wrong solution. Mm. And so... The government solution to homelessness is to provide homes. 
It's a or it's a an approach called housing first. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, if if you're not homeless anymore, well, then there you go. You're not homeless, and we're gonna, you know, everything will change. So it's all good then, right? Yeah, right. And the reality of it is, if you haven't uh, understood why and how homelessness occurred for someone, and, and then then you're not really going to solve the issue. You're solving a symptom, not the problem. Mm. Good word. Solving the symptom, not the problem. Mm. Brian, what's your thoughts on that? It's, it's traditionally been in the rescue ministry, and I think it's changing across the country, uh, not only at Peoria Rescue, but in a lot of other different areas. Is that It was just all crisis relief, just offering immediate, you know, a bowl of soup and a place to stay for the night, maybe some clean socks, maybe some clean clothes, meeting those people in crisis, putting a Band-Aid on things, and, and not really helping the person to see what their real poverty was. At Peoria Rescue was we were just doing it different. Yeah. We're, uh, and we're, yes, you're sharing the gospel. Absolutely, right. In those situations, we were we were inviting people mm-hmm. always um, to Christ and and sharing. But th- again, there's more to that, right? It's not. Uh, um, we say this: Jesus didn't only come to just rescue us; mm-hmm. he came to renew us, right. restore. to restore us, to yeah. to make us new. And the curse, when you go back and think about this from a big picture biblical standpoint, the curse affected everything. You know, when when sin entered the world, the first thing that came upon us was fear and shame. That's that's something. About, well, first of all, we were broken from God. We, we that relationship was separation. Yeah, separated. But then we had that sense of fear and shame. Then there was conflict. It was her fault. No, it was his fault. Yeah, we blamed everybody, and so we play the blame game, and suddenly conflict with others. And then the the creation was affected as well. Right now we 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 toil under the curse of this creation and the weeds and the all the things. And so the good news is, right, that Jesus came to begin to change the curse, to to lift that. And so it starts with our relationship with God, but he wants to renew and restore every aspect of our poverty. So let's go back to the beginning of Rescue Missions. And, and Brian, you were kind of talking about, about mm-hmm. food lines and, and things of that nature. Why did Rescue Missions exist and why do they exist today? What's the difference from from the early times of rescue missions to even when you and I started nine, ten years ago. So so what's the purpose of this? Well, I think the the reason why we're changing is because the old old way just kind of keeps people in crisis. We're sharing the gospel. We're sharing the love of Jesus. But let's face it, you can't just give somebody a bowl of Jesus and say, be, you know, be well with your soul and not doing anything to get their soul okay with the Lord Jesus. And so uh, we, we've moved into a transformative uh base at, at Peoria Rescue, and I think they're doing that throughout the country, using that uh, strength-based assessments rather than needs-based assessments for folks. So, so what does that mean for the layperson that doesn't live in those really big words? We're, when people come in, we're not telling them what they need. We're saying, what are your strengths? What are your assets? What are your gifts? Where would you like to go? Where do you want to get to? And it's amazing when you start asking people those questions because they have strengths. They have assets. They, they're 99% of the people coming into the rescue mission aren't coming in because they woke up one day and said, Hey, this looks like a great place to stay. <laughs> All right. I mean, let's just go try the mission out for a while. They're not just coming in for crisis relief. They want more. So what's crisis relief again? Remind our audience that they may not be all that familiar with what crisis relief is. Well, 
take everything you have and put it aside and go out and stay on the street overnight. And you'll find out what crisis is pretty quick. These folks that come in our doors for whatever reason are out on the street or they've been kicked out of uh, wherever they were living, whatever the circumstances. There's so many different things that lead people to a crisis. Mm -hmm. So it might be uh, an addiction that has overtaken them and they, at this point, are living only for the next fix. And and so they've lost everything. They've lost yeah. friends, family, funds. I mean, they, they have nothing left. Some folks come to us without an ID on their... They, if we didn't, if they didn't tell us their name, you wouldn't be able to know their name. Right. Um, they've lost everything. They they they've been they've they've gone to the hospital um, because they OD'd they, or they they got beaten up or mm-hmm. there's a variety of things that, that and then there's some economic reasons. There are some Absolutely. truly economic reasons why people have just lost everything. They had a health crisis. They had bills come in that they didn't expect and they were paycheck to paycheck so there's such a a plethora such a wide variety of reasons why people get into crisis Mm -hmm. and so crisis relief has to do with a few things one yeah there's food and clothing involved uh food and shelter Shelter. Mm -hmm. but it's more than that it's stability a little bit of rest Mm -hmm. a little bit of i you know when you're on the street is a dangerous place yep and and when you're not on the street, you're trying to figure out how not to be on the street. Mm-hmm. So when they come to us, we're able to to provide some safety, some security, some stability. They can take a breath. We, the first step in moving onto a pathway out of poverty is to stop a bit, to just have a bit of rest. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's the crisis can be anything it brings, but the real heart of what crisis relief should be is a is a rest and a, and a starting point an invitation to then change you 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 kind of brian you kind of talked a little bit about the way the way that staff and people viewed homelessness how does staff in the early even when you and i started nine or ten years ago how did we as staff how do we view homeless in the individuals coming through our doors did we view them as wanting to live life that way forever? Or, or did we even ask them these questions that we're, that we're even pondering right now as a group of people just talking about? Well, I think we always at POA Rescue viewed them as worthy, valuable, and important human beings, worthy of hearing the gospel and, and coming into a relationship with Jesus and, and trying to meet, meet them where they're at. So I just think our model has changed so much because we we were we didn't have staff right you know when i when you and i started at the yeah. at the rescue mission i mean it was it was a lee burning and, and myself and and volunteers working in the evening time and and we worked 24 hours a day seven days a week that's that's the way it was done it just wasn't staffed we didn't have the the means to run programs we didn't have the ability uh just to do it and and that's just the kind of way it was nothing that was is wrong necessarily yeah, right, right? Right, we right. Were doing it the best that we could yep but when Roper you don't have the time, didn't yeah, to sit and talk with someone, no. then you can't ask those questions, right? Exactly. So, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, I think what was the hardest thing for me when we first started is was uh, watching men trying to pick the gospel out of a the third prodigal son story that they heard during a chapel s- sermon, right? I mean, they they didn't know even know who Jesus was. They didn't know what sin was. They don't know what brokenness was. 
and they would just sit there and be bewildered and you didn't have the time to be able to take them and, and tell them what the real gospel was. And so I think part of the transformational relief versus crisis, always meeting people in crisis, right? That's how our folks normally come to us is in crisis, having them that time to sit down and breathe and take a breath and, and make a decision. You know, do you want to stay in crisis or do you want out? And 98%, 99% of those people, they want out of crisis. So wait a minute. So you're telling me that that a homeless person who comes through the doors of Peoria Rescue Ministries, they, they really don't want to be homeless? No, of course not. No, nobody. There gets, are some. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah. yeah. And there's going to be. There right? always is going to be that. Yeah, that, that are choosing that. Right. Right. And praise the Lord, we live in a country. Hey, man, if you if you want to, you can. that's great. But you're just not going to a PRA rescue. We're, we're not going to allow you to stay in that crisis mode. We're going to meet you in crisis, but we're going to offer transformational programs like our Next Step program, our long-term renewal programs to get people out of that. Uh, and if you don't want to be out of that, then there's other shelters in town or, or whatever. Uh, but we're, like I said, we're, we're always going to be grace-filled, right? I mean, so those guys coming in that want to stay homeless, uh, man. We love them. Yeah, we're yeah, going to we give do. you. Right? We know their name. Yeah. yeah. And we, we invite them. It's like we hope, we want to be hands and feet of Jesus to invite them into real life. Mm-hmm. To and, more. Into, right, into, into uh, a sense of love and to experience, first again, first and foremost, God's love most of all. But then to experience what a family's like, to experience what accomplishment is like, to experience life as God intended it to be. Right. But it's an invitation, and and we can't we can't make anybody do that, and we wouldn't try to. No, um, yeah, Jesus never forced anyone to right. follow him, right? And so right. we're not going to force anybody. But however, I think the difference is uh, from ten years ago when we first started, nine years ago, whatever that was, is that it used to be. Uh, all those religious folks, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to go over there because it's just religious, it's just religious, it's just religious. To now is, well, I don't really necessarily want to stay there, but those people care about you, right? If, I, if I'm if i hungry, I know where I can get a meal. If, if I need a coat, I know I can go to Peoria Rescue and get me a coat because they care about me. They're not going to enable me and, and glorify my behavior, uh, but they do give a rip about me and yeah. they're going to help me. But, but they know that we care because we've become relational yeah. uh, with the folks who come to our doors. So, hey, friends, this feels like a really good spot today to land the conversation. We'll pick this up out next week. I want to remind everyone, Hope Rising is coming up on November 6th. It's at Bethany Baptist Church. The doors will open at 630. You can get tickets online at PeoriaRescue.org. If you want more information about what's going on at Peoria Rescue Ministries or learn more, about what we do, you can also go to PeoriaRescue.org. Peoria Rescue Ministries is a faith-based ministry based in Peoria, Illinois. Our sole purpose is to create pathways out of poverty through Jesus with our neighbors in need.